The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is up, y'all? It's another edition of No Bets Barred, and you might be listening and saying to yourself, that doesn't sound like the dulcet tones of Connor Burks, and you are correct, because it's it's our hero, our fearless leader, Jed Mashu, is taking the reins. Because Connor's, Connor's got things happening this weekend, guys. The MMA Hour is live in Dallas for Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. Maybe that's Diaz Paul. I'm not entirely sure which way I feel like going, but... With Connor on the road, we decided, hey, let's 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 get somebody to step in for him. Let's let this man do the work. And because I so graciously appeared in Connor's place on Tough Hang this week, his Tough Hang co-host, his, his Tough Hang compatriot, has so graciously agreed to appear in Connor's place on No Bets Bard. I'm talking, of course, about the Prince of Positivity himself, Alexander Kaylee, AK. Oh. How we doing? Hi, everyone. Uh, people are getting a lot of us in the last 48 hours, Jed. I, I, I'm just imagining someone just wrapping up the Tough Hang podcast, and then this this just popping up next on the playlist, and boom, right into No Best Bard with Jed Mashu and AK Lee. And uh, I'm happy to be here. I hope other people are happy that I'm here, and I'm really actually excited to talk about this weekend's events. Yeah, it's uh look, those people are just gonna be this is a pleasant surprise for them because the more of you and us, you and I together, the better. I've long said that. Uh even when you ignominiously kicked me out of uh the wonderful Mist Fist column mm-hmm. to to tyrannically run it solo. Mm-hmm. You know, the that was, more that that was years together, ago now. That was years yeah, ago now, but you know I what? I can some hold wounds, the grudge, buddy. Some wounds never close all the way. Yeah. Let me tell you, if there's one thing I can do, it's a hold on to something till the bitter end. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, 
let's just hop into it because there's frankly sort of a lot to talk about this am i am i allowed to tell people to not follow my gambling advice ever on a show where we're about to talk about gambling advice well of course connor and i say that just about every week okay it's clear not about you but yeah 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 about us you should you should Uh, for no reason just mention me you should go about and especially ak lee don't Don't follow he does the predictions every week on everybody.com expressly not for gambling purposes please do not ever gamble on this man's words not every week because the last two weeks i had to do those you did it was not the last two because you did 291 yeah. you sat out for bad uh-huh. <laughs> made me do you that. got to see the de facto women's bantamweight title fight all right you are a lucky man as well who did you pick for that fight by the way uh i picked my boy silva i think nice and what was the what, wrong what about the gambling angle what was the i didn't listen to that no bets part what was the uh did you just tell people to stay away from that fight? Oh, I might have bet. Oh, no. I picked Holly home until the night of the fight when she mm. walked out and was like, oh, she looks super old. Uh, <laughs> I, um, she did. And so I, I ended up betting a pretty hefty amount to sort of get back to square one. But I had a bet down on uh, Holly home by decision, I believe, was, mm. was the gambling mm. angle. Mm. Because, you know, it's how it goes. Yeah. But it's enough about things long ago. Let's briefly talk about 291 before we hop into this weekend's events, because this weekend we got we got all sorts of action. I don't think we're going to talk about all of it, but we've got one and PFL holding events on Friday. PFL playoffs are starting with a couple of notable fights. Uh, we've got one, Rug Rug versus Buchecha, John Lineker in action. So a lot going on on Friday, but Saturday is the big one. UFC Nashville headlined by Corey Santagin versus Rob Font. And then the actual biggest one, Jake Paul, Nate Diaz. We're going to get into all that, but very briefly, I just want to talk about 291 for a minute. Connor is not here, but I do happen to know his results from last week. A winning week for Connor, up to 2.84 units. Uh, didn't do great on singles, but cash two parlays, and, and that's all it needs. I myself also had a winning week. I was up three and a half units. Uh, did much better on singles, and... Cash the one the the one parlay I had was a gimmick parlay of Michelle Pajeta by decision and um uh uh Alex Pajeta by decision just parlaying both of those two up and so Michelle Pajeta bounced but yeah, Alex Pajeta actually won by decision so so it became a single it became a single that ended okay. up winning because I I put like the smallest I put a dollar on it and it was plus twenty seven hundred for both of those by decision still ended up being you know like plus 600 or whatever it was for Pedda damn to, to pull the decision so that was smart though that was the Pedda by decision well i mean i of course would have gone yawn by decision that would have scared me away but yeah man gutsy gutsy Pedda by decision i like that that's a good that was, that's a good gimmick that was just yeah. a gimmick because gimmick. i also thought yawn was winning and i ended up losing my money what, there what was your big single what was your big single that landed uh, Besides that one, obviously. So I had I had Derek Lewis and Justin Gaethje both as singles. Uh, uh-huh. Derek Lewis was plus two ten mm-hmm. uh, when I got him, so cashed that. Um, and then I had you know uh, I had Oros Medic as well um, by uh, as a plus one seventy five, and Jake Matthews inside the distance were sort of all the singles. Your boy, I had, your boy Jake Matthews. He's you know what he's still working it out for you. Look, he's you're, he's you're hit faith or in miss. him. Yeah, I I thought it was a buy low opportunity on yeah. him against a he was he was on he was not a huge favorite against the debutant who is pretty mid. Uh, I will also say I was I was 
freaking six seconds away from cashing a Bobby Green by decision ticket. Yeah. If Tony doesn't roll for that knee bar and then that happens. But, you know, ifs and buts, candies and this, nuts. This, uh, this Tony Ferguson losing streak has just been one of the most miserable experiences, I think, for any fight fan, whether you're a gambler, non-gambler. It's just it's just been a bad time. Yeah. It's been such a bad time. <laughs> I mean, it would have been great if he could have held out for six seconds. But he couldn't even do that for you. I bet you you are not the it. only person out there, I think, who had... I am certain a, that go I the distance. not distance. Not alone. Yeah. I also... I won't... Uh, not that far off Blahovich by submission prop bet at plus 500. Mm-hmm. So a couple of close calls. Uh, heavyweight overs took a shot last week. We are still all time doing well on heavyweight overs. 13 and 10 overall for plus one and a half units. But... Derek Lewis did not let that get past seven mm-hmm, <laughs> minutes. Mm-hmm. So tough scenes. Uh, AK, briefly, how, how'd you feel about 291 before we hop into everything this week? It was so enjoyable. What a fun card that was. I, I was a little distracted. I was covering uh, Crawford's masterpiece win over Earl Spence Jr. That was just magnificent to watch and, and a pretty good I card overall. I did Bud Crawford, so that was pretty fun too. Nice. Cause- because I couldn't really watch it doing UFC coverage, but got to see a lot of people being like, this is incredible. And then I won. And then I got to go back and watch it. I was like, oh, this was in fact incredible. Was it just a straight up a bet on Crawford? Yeah, just straight up on Bud, who was, I think, like minus 150. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I remember I was trying to remember who was the under. It, it wasn't crazy. Like neither, neither guy was heavily no, favored. And why nobody, would they be? Neither dude was massively favored. And yeah. I really thought should have been much heavier favorite and Mm-mm. that bore out so so you saw minus, you saw minus you saw minus 150 and you were looking at your chops you're yeah, like hey wow go. that's right, let's go and it paid off that was fantastic uh but yeah usd 291 i think a lot of us like how it looked on paper and it played out that way people said that the name value was on the main card and i said i was hyping up the prelims a lot i was saying i think you have a lot of potential for exciting finishes here we definitely got some good ones roman kopolov shout out robbed of a robbed of a fifty thousand dollar bonus um and the main card wasn't even that sad i think we were all afraid for tony ferguson well Chiesa, Derek lewis Chiesa. it was a little sad to see how rough he looks right now he's on the other side of the 30 he was coming back from back injuries and I think in any sport, uh, those back injuries usually get worse, not better. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a sport where someone had back injuries and was able to come back at even like 80% of what they once were. Maybe Dwight Howard in the NBA, but even then, he was clearly declined from his prime. So I'm not saying Case is done, uh, but I'm saying that performance was – I know a lot of people were discouraged by it. And I I wish Michael Case the best. I know he's going to have a great career in broadcasting too. And if he continues to fight, I hope he gets some winnable ones because that, that was tough. Tony Ferguson, we did, we went over it. Uh, Derek Lewis, there you go, an inspirational moment. And then from there, uh, you know, I, th- I think the main car was pretty good. Alex Pereira, Blachowicz, I don't know how much action people were expecting. It was a tense fight to watch. Maybe it wasn't the most action-packed fight, but I think there was a good bit of tension. And then you end up with an amazing head kick, which people are calling uh, the one, one A or one B knockout of the year, uh, along with uh, with Israel Adesanya and, and Pereira. So. I thought really, really, really fun card. This is this is the kind of card that's a perfect example. Is you don't need a real title fight at the top. I know they threw the BMF in there just so they could say, "Hey, another it's a UFC pay per view. We always have title fights at the top." You don't need it. You don't need it. Just give us name value. Give us logical matchmaking. And this is the kind of MMA supposed to be fun. We always say that. That's what this card was. It was fun. And look, belts are fun. Totally okay with the BMF. <laughs> uh, 
I didn't even think about it. My big failing last week, because I, uh, on straight predictions, I missed, uh, I missed two. I missed Behera Blahovic, which I don't feel bad about incorrectly calling that fight. I thought Jan would win and very close fight, competitive, you know, and then I just was dead wrong about Chiesa. I was like, I feel like Chiesa can probably take Michael, uh, uh, Kevin Holland down. And I think I didn't uh, didn't factor in the back injuries ruin you. I think that that's a great gambling tenant moving forward. There's a back injury. That guy's going to lose. He's it's just going to lose because, I don't know, the back's a pretty important part of uh, really life, just any <sighs> facet of life, yeah. certainly for combat sports. Okay. The good news is the next time Kevin Holland fights a grappler, I wonder what those odds are going to look like because I think feel I wonder if, if odds makers are going to be able to look at this fight and set the line, you know, somewhat like reasonably in Holland's favor because like, oh, look, he stopped Michael Chiesa's takedowns. He's got grappling defense now. And I I feel like the next wrestler he fights, if he fights like a Sean Brady or something, it might not go well for him. But I don't know. Ooh, Sean Brady is a pretty good matchup. For I don't know. Holland next. Maybe. Who did you pick for him on now this week? For Kevin Holland. Uh, oh, <laughs> I just want him. He keeps saying he wants to fight at 185. So I was like, oh, go up to 185. And you know who else should fight at 185? Michelle Pereira. So you two can fight each other. And then you guys can figure out. Uh, I mean, Kevin Holland oh. can figure out he probably belongs at welterweight. But Michelle Pereira can figure out <laughs> he probably belongs in middleweight. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. I, I love that plan. Yeah. All right. That's 291. We've got a lot to talk about. And to the chagrin of some people, they're going to be upset. They're going to be upset, AK. And I don't care because, sure, we're an MMA website. We're going to talk boxing first because it's the biggest thing happening this week, probably the biggest thing happening this month. You know, you can, uh, I guess I guess your opinions can vary how much you think UFC 292 uh, is a big deal, and it certainly is a great fight. We're going to see if Sean O'Malley really does draw eyeballs like he certainly thinks he will, but... Jake Paul and Nate Diaz, it's, it is the influencer boxing match that's been building for 18 months, two years. It's it's the biggest thing happening this week. So that's where we're going to start because we got to talk about it, AK. How, how do we not talk about this? The kids are talking about it, Jed. The, the youths. The youths yeah. are talking about this. And so before we get into the UFC Nashville card, I just wanted to, to fire out Jake Paul and Nate Diaz takes what do we think is going to happen? Do you, I mean, the the lines as they sit right now, Jake Paul, a minus 390 favorite, the comeback on Nate Diaz at plus 280. The over-under is set at seven and a half. I believe, AK, that this is a 10-round fight. Mm-hmm. So uh, not an eight-round fight. They're giving us, uh, I mean, the 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 over-under odds are basically a pick em, minus 125, minus 110 on either end of it. So the odds makers are saying it is, Equally as likely as not that we get a finish in this bout functionally. So what uh, what's your thoughts on this fight? Is there anything that tempts you into a, into a bet here? Oh, so much. So, so this is much. why uh, people know I do not bet on MMA and I should definitely not bet on boxing because I see a lot of these big numbers and I'm like, wow, it can't hurt to sprinkle $2 on there, $5 on there, $10 on there. And that's how you end up just blowing – throwing $50 out the window because you think you're sm- you think you're ahead of the game. You think you're smarter. You think this is combat sports. Anything can happen. And it's how while the town of Las Vegas was built. <laughs> it's how the town of Las Vegas was built. And while this is true about combat sports, and every, and every now and then, you only need to hit on like one wild bet to really feel good about yourself and to tell yourself, yes, I am back. I am – 
gambling is great. I get it. I understand the appeal. And so this is, you know, I'm only doing this because I'm on the show, Jed, because I, I felt I had to dig deep into this. The first thing I'll say is when the fight was made, I think I was like most people, and I'm sure you're too, right? You were like, we were thinking Jake Paul is going to kill Nate Diaz, right? Oh, so when the fight was first, not even made, when the talk, when we knew that this was what was happening, when Nate was like, I'm going to leave the UFC, I'm going to go take over another sport, we all know what's coming. I was extremely confident Jake Paul would kill him. I will say, after Jake Paul lost to Tommy Fury, uh, I felt that added something. I don't. It, it's ultimately not going to change my interpretation of what's going to happen in this fight. But if he had gone out there and beaten Tommy Fury, I, I think losing to Tommy Fury made this slightly more compelling in a very meaningful way. Because if he beats Tommy Fury it seems very nonsensical to to be fighting Nate Diaz. And maybe you at home are like, this is already nonsensical. And I can't totally disagree, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. When the fight was actually announced, I was like, I want to see what the odds are because I'll be backing Jake Paul that, that, that summer day. But Jed, now my mentality has changed. You're right. The Tommy Fury fight definitely affected how I was going to call this one. Uh, and which is probably exactly what the Osmakers want. The Osmakers are probably happy that there's any that there's any doubt at all in in Jake Paul's skills. It probably helped them make the lines a little bit more appealing for some people. Um, I, I mean, he did. Jake Paul did not look good in that Tommy Fury fight. And I understand Tommy he Fury. Sure Tommy Fury is a boxer. He is. He is. You know, by the strictest definition of the word, he is a boxer. He's a classically trained boxer. Of course, he comes from the Fury boxing family. He had kind of come up the more traditional way. Everyone likes to point to his record. Oh, he's the record of guys he's beaten is like 12, like 174 and like and 10 or something. And I'm like, yeah, that's boxing when you're starting off. Check the record of most pro boxers who have like, you know, 100 amateur fights before they go or, or uh, you know, 10, 10 pro bouts before they fight someone meaningful. You beat up cans. You beat up. It, that's what Tommy Fury was doing. And it is Tommy, one yeah. of... I, I want to briefly touch on mm-hmm. that because it is one of my uh, I don't I don't even know exactly how to frame this. Uh, one of the things that irks me the most in this in MMA is the uh, dismissal of of that path forward and the mm-hmm. idea that you should be fighting tough opposition right at the start of your career. Yeah, I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> I think senseless. I think what I think. And one way that you can just sort of very obviously view this is boxing's been doing this for a really long time, for, <laughs> yeah. for well over a hundred years. Yeah. And they're doing okay. They, they think of how many sports have lasted a hundred years and are still as meaningful and representative today. They know what they're doing. There is a reason for this. And I think that it's a, a huge blind spot in MMA that prospects we try and rush along all prospects. If you are a, a random dude who is just starting out the first day, it's we're going to throw you against somebody evenly matched versus if you are Bo Nickel and we are trying to rush you on and get there. Sure, every once in a while, you will get a John Jones. Like the Wyatt Earp theory applies. Law of large numbers, mm-hmm. one out of 100,000 is going to turn out to be that dude. The rest of them they're going to be learning bad habits or still figuring things out. Whereas instead it's good to have you just beat dudes up for a while to learn how to beat people up. <laughs> it's very yeah. important skill set to have and to, to, to manage all of this. And if you are getting into fights like that, 
you can fight people all the time. You can fight five, six times a year because mm-hmm. you're not going into these big, hard, draining battles that you need to take time off to recover. It's one of the things I think MMA does the worst at, and that has always been a pet peeve, uh, as you were saying, about Tommy Fury and to an extent about Jake Paul and and sort of their development process along the boxing lines. Yeah, I've, I've seen people hold that against Habib. Like they point to Habib's record. They're like, oh, before the UFC, he was fighting nobody. He went like 20-0 and 0, or whatever, 50-0, or 60-0 against nobody. So I'm like, good. Good. Yeah, he was developing. He was skills. He was developing his body. He was look building. What like, happened? And guess what? He's he maybe really the great fighter. Sage Northcutt should have been like sixteen and zero before he ever fought in the UFC, beating up boxcar willies and Jay Ellis's and whoever you want to drag out of there. It's so it's so dumb that we see someone go like four and zero on the regional scene and go like, oh, well, they, I want to see them in the UFC. I want to see them fight a, t- a top a top fifty guy. And I'm like, why? Why? Why do we do this? Also, so, just think of how much more sad. fun it is. When guys come into the UFC yes. with those records, yeah, it's great. With, with Ozit Maxim coming in at sixteen and zero, and you're like, "Okay, I'm going to stand up, and even if I don't know anything, I can just mm-hmm. look at that number and say, I'm in. I'm more interested. This is something. It is so much better down the line for development, and it's just a pet peeve of mine. So when you when you said that, I wanted to jump in. Yeah, no, it's important. And, and I will clarify, it's not like for anyone who watched any of those Tommy Fury fights, and, and some of them were pretty, I think they're pretty viewable. You can find some on YouTube, I think. It's not like he looked, Tommy Fury looked amazing in those. No, he looked awful in many he's, of them. He, he's still, like, he's fighting cans and not looking great. I think that's the issue. But he won that that uh, Jake Paul fight. Does not? I don't think there's a lot of controversy around it. Jake Paul did not look great. Tommy Fury didn't look great in that fight, frankly, but he looked much better than Jake Paul. So I, I can't help. what Tommy Fury looked like? <laughs> Uh-huh. A boxer. A boxer. He looked, like, he looked like a dude who could jab and uh-huh. wasn't old and yeah. thus could do it for the entirety of a fight. I that's it. He just looked like a dude who knew at least enough of what he was doing. And that was frankly all it took. It took base competency to finally defeat Jake Paul. I base, think competency, <laughs> base competency and athleticism. Because yeah. Anderson Silva is very competent, but he's a, a Methuselah. He's a thousand he's, years he's, old. He looked old. Yeah, yeah and so yeah. like he can't do it. He cannot keep an output over eight and ten rounds, whereas Tommy Fury could. And that was it. Like That was literally the entirety of that fight was Tommy Fury knows how to jab and keep his feet in position and has the gas tank <laughs> to do this for eight, minute, for eight rounds. And I guess that's our big concern for Nate Diaz here is he's not he's the the less he's he's less athletic, he's smaller. And I've just seen with Jake Paul, that's pretty much usually all he needs to to win a fight with his uh rudimentary boxing skills. I don't think that's an insult to Jake Paul. I think anyone with, with his level of experience, he has rudimentary boxing skills. That's just where he is right now. It doesn't mean he's I'm not saying he's like horrible. I'm saying for his level of experience, he's yeah. exactly what you would expect him to be. His level of experience and resources. Um so I've turned, I've kind of turned. I'm like I know it's a big athleticism gap, age gap, everything, size gap, but isn't Nate Diaz a good fighter? He's a good fighter. He's and he's not like he he's not a Methuselah as you described uh, Anderson Silva. He is up there in fight years. He does have wear and tear. Um, so I kind of like a lot of these Diaz options. I like a lot of these Diaz bets. Ooh, okay. I know. That makes I know. It fun. I, I, I can't help it. So I I I like Diaz by decision. That's what it's at. That's what it's I saw. Yeah. Diaz by decision, according to our friends over at DraftKings. Uh, yeah. Let me find this out. Plus seven fifty. Was that plus seven fifty? I okay. like that a lot because I don't think the, I don't think Diaz can knock him out. I, that would surprise me a lot. I don't know. If, I think the odds for Diaz KO are definitely pretty not high. Knock him out. 
I can't see it. I can't. There's always a chance of TKO, some kind of flurry, cut stoppage. But if it's going to be a cut stoppage, it's more likely that uh, Jake Paul is going to win by cutting Diaz, not the other way around. And Jed, I like even more. I have some other things to look at, but I'll say it just right off the bat. I like Diaz by decision. And I like even more Diaz to be knocked down and win. Plus 2,000. Plus 2,000. Now, that's a, that's a very fun bet. I do um, think he'll get knocked down. I, I do think at some point, Paul's going to catch him slowly and knock him down. And that's what, you know, it's going to create such a moment of excitement in the fight. But otherwise, I think Diaz can scrap it out. So, and I'm not, I, w- I won't go as far as to predict, you know, you can go majority decision, split decision, unanimous. I'm not comfortable even speculating there. Sure. But I like the odds of him winning decision. So I would like, I may put down two singles, one Diaz by decision and one Diaz uh, knockdown and win. I love the knockdown, knockdown, but win is real Ireland win, but crumbs get crumb gets the snitch. Shout out to Harry Potter people. (laughs) Uh, I, I can't, I'm not with you on it. Um, I think Nate Diaz just loses to people who are more athletic than him. uh, Basically at this point in time in MMA, granted boxing is a whole different world. Um, there is a there's a universe I I think where Jake Paul just tries to get Nate Diaz out of there, gasses himself out, and then uh, really gets into a problem, a la the first Connor fight with Nate. But I think because of that first Connor fight, Jake is probably not dumb enough to make that mistake. Maybe he has a very hot first round trying to put it on Nate, and then settles into a a, a better rhythm with his leaping weird jab and just power overhand rights uh i think jake paul is going to win this fight i'm going to have jake paul in a, i have jake paul in a parlay uh just a two-leg parlay with the other chalkiest person you could probably pick this weekend which we'll get into uh but i also looking at the line jake paul is favored to get a knockout uh he is minus 150 for kot kodq on DraftKings, and i don't think that's happening like i i think nate diaz is Still Nate Diaz, incredibly tough. Outside of a cut stoppage, which I think is probably a little less likely than an MMA just because there aren't elbows, there aren't the kicks. Yes, boxing gloves have been known to cut, but I don't think this is low-level boxing. We're not going to be dealing with a huge volume of strikes coming from either either end of this, I don't think. Going to be a lot of singles, a lot of pot shots. I doubt Nate busts open uh, too badly that the, the fight cannot continue particularly because a, a cut stoppage in this event feels bad. I feel like that would not be satisfactory to many of the fans. So I think he's going to make it to the cards. And that the price on that, Jake Paul by decision or tech decision is plus 350. That feels like that. that's a huge delta between Jake Paul by decision and Jake Paul straight at minus 390. Uh, I'm, I have a bet down on, on Paul by decision at that price. I think that that is probably pretty undervalued right now so okay okay so, i will tell people if they're a little unsure i don't think uh go the distance is that bad uh, for i uh, just just the fight itself goes the distance if you're if you're sort of if you're out there and you really just feel like putting some money down but you're not comfortable saying diaz or paul uh go the distance plus 165 so you know that's not terrible you're still getting plus money on that but i i think you're right that uh jed you should you should draw a line in the sand you got to be team diaz or Team Paul heading into this one. No, no, uh, no half measures. So plus one sixty five is nice and safe. But I, I agree. You either go. What did you say? Paul is plus three plus three fifty by decision. Paul plus three fifty decision or Diaz plus seven fifty decision. Um, to, I would tell people pick a side, pick a side. And I, I think uh, I think fun. that's very accurate. I will, yeah. just a thing I also noted that I want to point out because it seems insane to me. 
the knockdown totals, Jake Paul to win and under one and a half knockdowns is minus 135, meaning that that Vegas views that as the most likely outcome is that Jake Paul wins and there is less than two knockdowns, which is either Jake Paul wins by decision or Jake Paul wins with one knockdown, which I don't know. It feels like feels like that sort of is incongruous with the idea of a of a TKO KO stoppage mm-hmm. because if he gets one knockdown, he's gonna it, he's not gonna one hit or quit Nate, you know. So it just feels a little incongruous to me. I'm not entirely sure what to do with it, but I did note it and was like, oh, that's a bit odd. But I like where we're at on the Paul Diaz. Uh, do you have any other fights that you care about or interested in? Oh. Any, any bets on the rest of this boxing match? I'll, I'll at least touch upon it because we have some names on here. This, but before that, I, for anyone, I, if you people want to really get crazy with the main event, it's not even that crazy. This is this is influencer boxing. This is Jake Paul we're talking about here. This is Nate Diaz making his boxing debut. Jack, how do you feel about DQ odds? So uh, Jake Paul to win by DQ at uh-huh. plus five thousand. Yep, very interesting. <laughs> Just because I think that I think that Nate Diaz is a professional oh, and won't yeah. do it, but it would be objectively hilarious if nate just shot like a double leg because uh, uh, he's losing he's just like <laughs> no, losing. Oh, no, he's like no. shoot a double on the man i'm not banking on that i'm banking on uh, and by diaz by dq uh plus 6500 i'm banking more on like like i don't know accidental low blow or not accidental but you know shots are just a little too low rabbit like too much rabbit punching from diaz or or, or, jake, or either like, jake or diaz's crew just gets in the ring yeah. and starts being chaotic just something stupid happening right like I, I i don't know i imagine this is typical for any boxing match it's probably in the five thousand six thousand range so you there's probably a reason you don't bet on these things but Again, this is not a normal boxing match. This is still influencer boxing. This is still Jake Paul. This is still Nate Diaz. This is still combat sports. So I may do it again. Like I said, if I'm betting on this card, I'm, I'm guys, I'm doing $2, $5 bets here. I do not like to bet on combat sports. Yeah. So I would sprinkle it in just for fun. But I, I have no confidence. But just letting people know, there's, you know, those DQ, DQ odds are always out there. And we are talking about uh, chaos personified in this matchup. So I will also say that... Uh, because I didn't even think about it, about it until this exact moment. Uh, you're you're throwing, hey, I, you know, I kind of think Nate can maybe win a, a decision. Honestly, getting a, a if if you think Nate's going to win a decision, there probably is a pretty good argument that the decision he wins will be split because this is boxing. Tommy Fury won the split decision. Somebody's just going to give Jake a round unless Nate is really beating pillar to post. And that's plus 2,200 for Nate by split decision. So you could sprinkle a bunch of things, have some fun. <laughs> this that's is, it, though. This is how people, again, This you're right. This is how um, Vegas was how built. Vegas was built. This is how people are left destitute. This is how these online gambling websites, DraftKings.com, by the way, great website. Use the promo code at the MA hour. Uh, this is how these gambling websites become billion-dollar endeavors. Is Big numbers. There's people numbers here and there saying, I could share. I could spare five dollars on this. I could spare. Just letting people know, you know, it's fun. It's fun to talk about. I don't know how fun it is to actually be committed to betting on this stuff. I guess I'm going to find out this weekend because I'm going to put my money where my mouth is in some of these things. Ah, oh, you're gonna have a great time. <laughs> I am. I. It's going to make it more interesting because I. I. I like both cards. I know we'll talk about Nashville more later. I like Nashville. I like the Jake Diaz card, uh, but I like them a little more with that uh, little extra extra bit of excitement. Um, the rest of the card. Some huge favorites. Again, it's a. I mean, that's typical for boxing undercards. 
Amanda Serrano and Heather Hardy. Props to Heather Hardy for getting this fight, by the way. Uh, she has worked her way into quite the incredible like boxing career um, and combat sports career in general. Getting that, you know, putting in that work with Bellator and you know being a champion earlier and probably getting the biggest paydays of her career now uh, in the later stages of her career. That's what you like to see, right? Someone, someone who probably vastly underpaid earlier on and now cashing in those checks. Heather Hardy, you get it. Huge underdog to uh, Amanda Serrano, of course. Uh, big, big, great fighter. Uh, heavily promoted by MVP. Uh, minus 2,000 Serrano. So there's no value in that, I don't think, obviously. But Serrano by KO, minus 135. Maybe a decent parlay piece, Jed. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, I would just bet it straight at that price um, and not parlay it with anything. I'm going to put Serrano in my super chalk soup parlay because she's going to beat Heather Hardy. Um, Ooh, it's not going it- to add really anything to it, but might as well. You know, sometimes a dash of salt can really make a dish pop. Amanda Serrano uh, is going to be the dash of salt for my chalk soup. Yeah, and and I again, as I like Heather Hardy a lot. I would not call her live a live dog, or, frankly. Not even as accomplished as she is. It, this is uh, her second fight with Serrano. It wasn't particularly close the first time. Uh, I don't see why it'll be different this time. So uh, I'm not. I have no comment on Chris Avila, Jeremy Stevens, and I never will. The other. <laughs> The other box match I'll talk about was uh, Shadesia Green. I think she's the biggest favorite in the card. Minus 20,000 against her opponent, Olivia Curry. Uh, Shadesia Green is a destroyer uh, in boxing. She's 12-0, I think. She generally finishes everyone. I couldn't find just an under 6.5. I think that would have been an easy bet to take or easy parlay piece. So I'll go like if you're really... If you really feel like you have to bet on something besides Paul Diaz, which you don't. Again, you know we're just talking Paul Diaz for most you part. You do not. But Shadesia Green, uh, first winning in the first round, plus 1,400. Now, she hasn't done that in a bit. She hasn't done that in a bit. It's a fun bet. She hasn't done that in a bit. I admit I am super ignorant to the accomplishments of her opponent, Olivia Curry. I know she's 7-1. and That's pretty much all I know about her. Uh, She's also very tough to put away. She does not get knocked out. So that's why uh, Shadesia Green, first round KO is where it is, plus 1,400. But I'm also a really big believer in Shadesia Green's uh, punching power. And I think she's getting a huge platform here. Probably the biggest platform she's had yet. And I wonder if she's just going to show out and just smoke uh, a curry. So it's been a while for Green's uh, since Green's last first round finish. But uh, she definitely has that potential. So again, if you're feeling frisky, you got a couple of bucks or or a couple of loonies, as we say up here in Canada. And you're watching the whole card. Why not? Why not do it? If you're feeling froggy, just jump. That's right. And look, we did it. So uh, if you hated everything i'm sorry because <laughs> it's time to talk about nashville first. it's time to talk about nashville first we're going to pay some bills with some lovely advertisements so listen to those and then we'll be back with you ufc nashville discussion the nba playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba DraftKings brings you same game parlays live betting odds boosts and so much more don't miss out as the nba postseason winds down and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, we are back, and it's time for actual MMA discussion for, we were talking about this in the green room beforehand, AK, pretty good card. Not going to lie, I may have disparaged it previously. Somewhat low on name value. Let's at least be honest about that. But a lot of really, really fun fights on this UFC Nashville card, AK. Uh, Before we hop into the bets and the breakdowns, uh, overall thoughts on this card? I like it. I I, I don't think it was unfair of you, Jed, to judge most of these cards. That's, I think, the way it is with a lot of fight nights these days is just at a glance, it's hard to get super excited about them. You can look at, usually look at the top two, three fights. You're like, okay, this part looks good. And then there's a lot of unfamiliar names, uh, either recent contender series signings or fighters who have only fought like once or twice. In this case, I think they have a good, great mix of veterans on there. Uh, they have some up and comers. I think they've got, they've got a couple of uh, really, I think interesting flyweight fights on there. So this one, it does, it doesn't take long to see the appeal in it, but a lot of the cards these days, you have to dig a little bit deeper. And once you start digging in, you sort of start talking yourself into like, Oh, this card's better than people think. I think I've said that. I have no idea how many times on the preview shows uh, that we do every week. And that's why people are always questioning my ratings. Like, Oh, I think this card could reach like a, you know, 8.8 out of 8 or like how, how good I think cards cards can be because I dig a lot before I do a lot of research for every card, probably too much. So I'm maybe uh, talking myself into some fights uh, more than they should be talked into. But uh, this card, I think I think you saw, Jed, I'm sure you've looked it over a bit and you're like, you know, didn't take much to see why, why um, a lot of people are calling this uh, a, a nice sleeper fight night card. Yeah, I still think you're too generous with your overall card rating scores, <laughs> uh, but that's... That's just a difference in ideology, basically. But yeah, as I was diving into this one, again, very low on name value in general, but particularly the prelim fights, I mean, most of them are pretty much guaranteed to be bangers. So a lot of good action. We're going to start right at the top. Uh, We're just going to do a breakdown of kind of everything. Uh, Some fights I don't have much to say on other than cool, and we'll just go through it that way. So right at the top, the main event... Corey Sandhagen taking on Rob Font in a 140-pound catchweight bout. The odds as it stands right now, Corey Sandhagen is your betting favorite at minus 340. The comeback on Font at plus 270. Uh, it's a five-round fight, of course, so the over-under is set at 4.5, minus 125 on the over. The wide speculation is this thing is going to the cards. So I want to start right here, AK. I am going to have action on this fight card. I'm going to have action on this main event as well. And I'm taking the underdog, Rob Font. So one thing the to man, note. The man who you once had ranked as a top five bantamweight, it should be I noted. absolutely did at one point in time have this man ranked as a top five bantamweight. Mm-hmm. To note about Mr. Uh, Robert Font, coming in on short notice, originally Corey Sandigan was supposed to be fighting Umar Nurmagomedov. It was going to be the arrival of Umar, uh, as far as I was concerned. He was going to make his his true 
hey, I am here. I am the next champion. Be warned. Uh, injured, pulled out. Rob Front steps in on a couple of weeks' notice. And I think we're getting a, a very competitive fight. So, I, like I said, I'm going to be backing Rob Font. I am also taking the Connor Burke special of over one and a half rounds, the alternate fight line total as a parlay piece. That's minus 450. But let me give you my font breakdown here. I think this line is simply too big for me is, is, is where I'm drawing the line. Last week, I debuted this new idea that I was going to tinker with moving forward from a gambling standpoint of we're just going to bucket fighters into tiers instead of I think this fighter's better or this fighter. I just think they're I'm just going to put them in tiers like, hey, these guys are about the same level. Maybe one's a little bit better. Maybe the style matchup's a little bit better. But if if they all fought the top 20 dudes, they're probably going to come out with pretty similar results at the end. And that puts them in the same bucket. I did that with Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. It's like these two dudes, they have fought the same dudes over the past several years to eerily similar results. They're just similar fighters. And one of those fighters you're getting at plus 130 and the others at minus 150. So if they're in the same tier, I'm going to take, and I feel confident about them being in the same tier, I'm going to take the underdog. You can convince me that Corey Sandhagen is in a one tier up of Rob Font. You could convince me of that, but I'm not certain. I think there's a very good argument that they are in the same tier of fighter. And more specifically, I think Corey Sandhagen is getting a little bit overvalued right now. Yes, he is coming off a tremendous performance against Marlon Vera. Uh, A split decision that was nonsense. He won four of the rounds convincingly. Not sure what happened there. But look, back-to-back win, Songy Dong, Marlon Vera, that's great. My issue with Corey Sandhagen is... Those fights feel like they line up very differently against Robert Font here. Rob Font has suffered a couple of losses. He lost to Marlon Vera, uh, and he lost to Jose Aldo, but before that had won four in a row, and he just rebounded with a huge win over Adrian Yanez. I This is a striking battle, and that's the thing is, Corey Sandhagen beat Marlon Vera by mixing it up, by, by sh- scoring takedowns when he needed out-voluming him on the feet. And that's the way, that's the book on beating Vera is he is a big power shot guy, doesn't throw a huge ton of volume out there, and you can sort of outwork him. And and Corey Sandhagen, terrific job in mixing those two approaches to never really let Vera get started. Rob Font is not that dude. It's it's just not the same guy. This is going to be a long-range striking battle for most of it. I don't think Corey Sandhagen is going to go to wrestling that much, even if he does. I don't think he's going to have a huge amount of success. And in a pure striking matchup, maybe I favor Corey Sandhagen very slightly. He has a better diversity of strikes um, and probably a little bit more power. But Rob Font, a very, very good boxer, very good at using that range. And we just saw against Adrian Yanez, a guy who I think is an incredible boxer. Rob Font sort of dummied him. So the coming in on short notice makes me a little concerned here. But I think this is just going to be largely a, a... a boxing, a striking matchup. Maybe Sandhagen has more success with the kicks, but I think we're talking about a fight that's going to be competitive. And so at this price, I'm getting Rob Font at a, uh, a, a very large 270, plus 270. I'm taking a shot on Rob Font uh, to, to get the W here. Why not Font by decision? Um, Because I feel... A little more concerned about that. One, it's a great question because I certainly con- considered it. 
Uh, five round fights give me a little bit of pause always. Yes, Corey Sandhagen uh, is incredibly durable. The only time he's been finished, the uh, Aljamain Sterling submission. Five rounds is just a long time. Rob Font is a, a pretty solid finisher historically. If this were a three-round fight, it wouldn't even be a question. I'd be taking Rob Font by decision. That extra 10 minutes, you never know. It just feels like you're playing. I'm playing with a little bit more fire there. Uh, and if you look at the line, I mean, Rob Front by decision is plus 550. So you're yep. definitely getting a, a bigger price. And that's maybe worth it, honestly. Like that might be worth the extra juice, but still at plus 270, it's a big number and it encapsulates maybe something freaky happens. We get, you know, uh, Corey Sandhagen rolls his ankle and, and something weird. Knock on wood, don't want that to happen, but uh, it's the price is big enough as it is straight up. Uh, but I understand the appeal of a Rob Font by decision bet. Yeah, I just can't see. I like the Rob underdog pick. I just can't see him knocking Corey out or, God forbid, submitting him. Uh, plus 2,000 submission. That would be incredible. A little club and sub, a little club and sub action. That would be fantastic. Right? Uh, so I would definitely tell people to stay away from that. Uh, it seems highly unlikely, but we've seen stranger submissions. And again, cl- club and sub, I I don't bet normally, but that has to be one of the most gratifying or disappoint, or or it's, disappointing. It's I say more often disappointing. Always probably disappointing. It's, it's always, always <laughs> disappointing. You're always on KO, and then that happens. <laughs> uh, he, the guy is essentially knocked unconscious, but then the guy slips. Then the guy on top slips an arm triangle. It's like, don't oh, it's you over. worry. We're going to be talking about that situation in a couple of fights, and how I was very disappointed by the submission. Uh, I don't know if I'm betting this one at all. I might throw. I I I see. I thought you were going to go Sanhagen. Tell me that this was part of your chalk soup parlay um, it is not okay if i were doing i have not thought of a parlay ahead of time if i were doing a chalk soup i'd probably just throw sanhagen in uh just straight up to win i wouldn't i wouldn't pick it yeah well there are all these uh, methods are also plus so i would just go sanhagen to win but yeah that font by decision is appealing um i don't want to jump to the next fight yet but i will say both sanhagen and uh, tatiana suarez are pretty big favorites so uh, i'm interested i'm interested to see uh what kind of what kind of uh, ideas you have here to spice these up a little bit? So, I mean, you already did the first one, just going, just going font. Though I will say, if I if I'm picking font, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll go that extra, I'll go the extra mile and go. Uh, I, I like that plus five fifty decision. That's Kinda. that's 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 hard not to, that's hard not to look at if you're picking font. So, how do you if you're thinking San Hagen's winning? Oh. What, what do you think is is happening here? <sighs> There's just not. So I just tell people, uh, San Hagen decision plus one forty, KO plus one seventy five. Neither of those are particularly appealing. Um, like I said, I'd rather just put him in as a parlay just to win straight up because you're right, so much can happen. Decision, uh, sorry, submission plus six fifty sounds great. Raw font has been submitted once. His only a long time ago. Pedro Munoz. Yeah, his grappling with, and submission. With a gilly. Yeah, his grappling and submission events is pretty strong. And I'm not saying Sanhagen can do it in both cases. I guess I don't see. He's this incredibly durable. He's, He's incredibly very durable. durable. Yeah. That's well, I, why I have the over one and a half. Both dudes to tremendously durable. Uh, the over one and a half alternate line on this is minus four fifty, which I feel ecstatic about the line being that that point for I, this one. I'm seeing it at minus three forty on another site. It could be shall, on another site. I, I, I have my parlay no. <laughs> built on DraftKings. So. Okay, as you should, as you should. Um, but yeah, there's probably other lines for that. So over one and a half. That's a very solid bet. I can't. I. It's only how much? Is it? Only minus four. Only minus 450 on DraftKings. I can't see this. It would be very shocking to see some guy end this fight early. Um, I f- if it's going to end early, I think it would be 
an injury sort of situation. Something something wonky happens like that, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Again, fingers crossed that doesn't happen for either guy. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm comfortable just saying either Tosan Higgin to parlay or if you have font, you're right, Jed, love the upset pick, but I'm saying go the extra and get, go for, go take a bite of that 550. Hey, uh, if, if you're feeling that way, I support you. Next fight up our co-main event, Tatiana Suarez taking on Jessica Andrade women's straw weight battle. Uh, Suarez is your favorite at minus 360. The comeback on Drage is at plus 285. The over under on this fight is two and a half with the under at minus 210. Comeback at plus 160 for the over. AK, what do we think about this co main event? Uh, it's, I like the matchmaking. I mean, it's not really matchmaking. I, uh, just got Andrade stepping in for Virna Jenjiroba, I believe. I'm trying to see how much notice that was. Like, I think it's not super late. It's like, it's like two months. It's like a little, sorry, six weeks, yeah. six weeks, yeah, six weeks. It's, so it's not like crazy short notice thing, it's but it not is quite, it's somewhere between short notice and just alternate fight. Right, right. It, it is a, a, a little less time, but that's also somewhat normal for Jessica Andrade. She's pretty. She has made a, yeah. a living doing this in the most recent years. She is, she is doing the stay ready. I'll jump in on any opportunity path. Now, that might be starting to catch up on her. Uh, as I said above, before, Sora is a pretty huge favorite. I see her at minus 360 on DraftKings. It makes sense. So she's making finally here making her proper return to 115. She had her comeback fight at 125 against uh, Matanda La Rosa. Looked pretty good in it. Um, she's going to have a size strength grappling advantage over Jessica Andrade, of course. And I was trying to make a case for myself like, oh, well, does Jessica Andrade like really get dominated by grapplers? And I'm like, okay, we just saw Aaron Blanchfield <laughs> two fights ago manhandle her. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko, when they fought, used a lot of takedowns also to neutralize her and eventually finish I her. I mean, all she did was body lock and, and, and boom. Yeah. Yeah. And Tatiana Suarez is an elite grappler, will be bigger, has a lot of these same characteristics that uh, have foiled Andrade in the past. So I definitely can't just straight up say, oh, well, go Andrade, you know, plus 25. But I see somewhere Andrade by KO plus 500. And that's if, if you're picking Andrade to win, I think that has to be the only way. I, I, I don't agree. see her. Not not that like not that Tatiana Suarez hasn't gone to like at least one decision that we're like, oh, like maybe maybe her going the distance isn't always great for her. But I just don't see that in this scenario. I think she has to get caught. So for me, uh, almost like what I said with Sanhagen. I'd rather throw Suarez into a chalk soup, but um, I like Andrade a lot, and I do think she's a serious test and a, and a more uh, tougher opponent than Brianna Janjadova, who's a good fighter, but I, I think uh, Andrade is just a, a bit better. I like that. I like that um, plus five hundred Andrade. A KO. Uh, a KO. Yeah. If, look, if you're going to bet Jessica Andrade, just take the KO prop. That is that's what's going to happen if she gets it done. Uh, this is the fighter I was referring to as chalk soup. Uh, Tatiana Suarez. Ah. Um, I, I think, I think there is a legitimate argument that Jessica Andrade might be getting close to cooked. She, the, the Yanja non-fight is just so concerning to me. Mm -hmm. Aaron Blanchfield, mm -hmm. I can, I can write off, um, particularly because, you know, it, it's weird to say she might be getting cooked. This is her fourth fight this year already. And she put the wood to Lauren Murphy in January. Aaron Blanchfield, you can write that off. Uh, it's up a weight class against the future champion of that weight class. And for my money, the best pound for pound female fighter on the planet. Yanjanan, really concerning. Like, we, like that should have been a fight that lined up well. And she looked 
disrespectful in the way that she approached it, just leading with her chin and charging in and got got clipped. And that makes me concerned about what she is in general. And oh, by the way, remember just a moment ago when I said Aaron Blanchfield's the best pound for pound female fighter on the planet? Tatiana Suarez is going to be in that conversation. She's coming off a super long layoff and she got back in the cage for the first time in like four years in February. Look, the it was maybe a little slower than some anticipated, but four years is a long time off. I think Suarez is going to be back in the groove and very quickly, I believe this woman is going to claim the straw weight belt. I think that this is just a, a situation where Andrade might be too tough for her own good. She keeps taking fights that maybe she shouldn't uh, like this one, like the one with Blanchfield. And I think we're going to get an extremely similar fight to what happened with Blanchfield. I love Suarez to win. I think Suarez has a really good chance to get a finish. Uh, I looked around, couldn't decide between uh, submission or TKO props basically for that. And so then it's like, do I really want to go inside the distance? I'm not getting that much extra value uh, on his Suarez inside the distance. I mean, you are getting some minus 175 versus uh, what she currently looking at, like minus 360. So there's some there, mm-hmm. but I instead was like, eh, I'll just throw Suarez in, in the parlay. So the four leg parlay with Suarez in it. And uh, I, I think she's got a great chance to get this done. What, what's what's in this parlay so far? Uh, Jake Paul. Jake, Jake Paul, Paul uh, Tatiana Suarez, and Sandhagen font over one and a half, and Amanda Serrano, which ah. it is a four-legger, brings us to plus 106 on the wow. parlay. The Amanda Serrano uh, doing doing God's work to get it from <laughs> minus 105 to plus 106. Just sneaking it over that plus line, eh? Just getting us into, into the plus money. <laughs> uh, and so... So we move on. Oh, well, I will. I, you, oh, you so got you have something no, else? Well, just no, no, no temptation on. Well, <laughs> I'll say there's a reason you're not tempted by this. Uh, Suarez by decision plus 260. No, I think she's going to stop her. That might be fool's gold because Jessica Andrade, her last, de- she she gets finished. When she loses, she gets finished. She has not lost by decision since the second Rose fight. Uh, and that was three years ago. So... Yeah, like you said, if you if you feel like she's probably uh, getting a little, ch- she's only thirty one, but she's like yeah. forty in fight years. She's, she's thirty five. Yeah. This will be her thirty sixth pro fight. She's fought a lot. This is also her fourth fight of the year, and we're in July. Yeah. I largely don't like that. I think wow. that that is historically has proven to be a very dangerous thing to do to fight with that level of frequency yeah. uh, at this high level, and mostly though. I think we're, I genuinely think we're just getting a carbon copy of the Aaron Blanchfield fight. Tatiana uh-huh. Suarez is huge and a great grappler. I think it's going, this is going to look almost identical to the Blanchfield fight. The question in my mind is whether Suarez goes for ground and pound finish or gets a choke. I would say yeah. slightly more likely uh, that we get a submission finish here for Suarez, that she locks up a, an RNC, but, um, I could see either outcome. So I think it's, I just, I'd be a, won't be stunned. I wouldn't be a little bit surprised that this fight uh, doesn't, goes to the judges' scorecards. Uh, Jessica Andrade, 36th pro fight. She's been fighting for 12 years. She started at 19 and she has been in some battles too. She has been in some, she's been in some fights. Been in monstrous she, wars. She, she does not fight a low octane uh safe style. She has been in some serious fights and 12 years is the magic number too, man. 
Is that what you? Is that you? Is that was that your uh, twelve your years? Yeah. Twelve years is where it starts. Twelve years is yeah. isn't a cliff, but and depending uh, on division as well. Depending yeah, on division, of course. Yeah. Certainly, but uh, and there are always outliers, but mm -hmm. by and large. If you're doing 12 years, because it's not just 12 years of fighting, it's 12 years of training. Yeah. It's the, all of the, it's the gym fights that you don't see. It's just a really long time to put your body through that level of duress. Maybe it won't. Maybe it's just a Jan Janan's better than I thought and Andrade overrated her and Aaron Blanchfield is amazing and Andrade still has it. But uh, particularly at strawweight, I think that will help her. But I think even if, even if we are getting the best Jessica Andrade that has ever been, I still like Tatiana Suarez to beat her. Yeah. And respect to Jessica Andrade, UFC Hall of Fame. She better be, make Hall the UFC Famer. Hall of Fame. UFC Hall of Famer. Uh, Whenever she retires, she'll be getting a damn of that. So, you can be sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I will officially say stay away from Suarez by decision. I, 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 you know, we'll do a warning. We don't do a lot of... I feel like you don't do enough warnings on this show. You and Ooh, GC. You don't do enough I like warning. That. I will say... You don't be like me. I saw that plus two sixty Suarez by decision. And I started rubbing my chin like, "Hey, that's like that seems like." It. But again, uh, Andrade just does not lose by decision often. Again, hasn't happened in three years. When she loses, she's going out in her shield. So stay away. That's a that's a stay away from Suarez by decision. Uh, all right, we are getting a little bit long on time all in right, general, all right. so we're gonna make we're gonna move through the rest of the card quicker. Uh, because I don't have something to, I don't have something to say about every fight, so we can move real quick. That's the thing is I don't have things <laughs> to say about all of them. Many of these fights are going to be very competitive and good, but they just aren't as substantive as the big three fights this weekend that we've talked about. So moving on, we are talking the featured light heavyweight, not the because there are multiple actually, a light heavyweight fight <laughs> happening on the main guard. It is Dustin Jacoby taking on Kennedy in Zuchukwu. Uh, Inzuchuku is your current betting favorite at minus 155. The comeback on Jacoby at plus 130. The over and under set at two and a half. Slight money towards the over on that one. AK, do you have any thoughts on this fight that need need be shared? No, love love this fight. Can't wait to watch it. I will enjoy it stress free with no bets on it. I'm trying to see if Justin Kobe hits your 12 year. Oh yes, Justin Kobe is in year 13 of his pro career. And well, I think he's still a he great. He also has a lot of miles on him. Uh, in kickboxing and kickboxing MMA. Kickboxing and MMA, yeah. <laughs> a lot of miles. Yeah, and I love Dustin Jacoby. I think it'll still be a great competitive fight. Um, but I think Enzuchuku is trending in the right direction. And I have, I think his minus, what, what am I seeing here on Minus 125 is just right. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't bet, I wouldn't bet against it. So uh, I have been a big Kennedy Enzuchuku believer when you were talking earlier about the club and sub being terrible. Uh, I, for 288 was like, man, I love Inzuchuku. All of his wins functionally are by knockout. He's never submitted anybody. And Devin Clark, man, loves to be finished. Loves to be finished. <laughs> Give me Inzuchuku by KO, TKO as my prop bet. And guillotine choke win for Inzuchuku. <laughs> Heartbreaking stuff. But in general, I love Inzuchuku. I do think he is trending upward. His physicality is amazing. That being said, a lot of his bread is buttered with his kickboxing game by being a big, huge dude who hits pretty hard and having a little bit of aptitude for what's going on. And against Dustin Jacoby, not entirely sure that game works that well. Jacoby, an accomplished kickboxer, um, certainly the better technician here. He's got a, a deeper set of skills. So I wasn't entirely sure what to go. And if I felt like uh, the price on Inzuchuku in a fight that could be competitive was was viable. So, AK. This is going to be your first. I'm excited for you. 
is I'm bringing the chat GPT back. Oh, you I had on this to turn, one. I had to turn to the robots because oh, I couldn't figure out what I wanted I'm to surprised. do. I'm so surprised. How did it do last week? Uh, chat GPT, I didn't have one last week. Okay. Chat GPT has been incredible. It is nine and three overall. Oh, my. Uh, payout of plus four, uh, four point six units. It what? is, it is printing money. The chat, the robots <laughs> know. I've been trying to tell y'all to get on board. We lost flyweight unders. Chat GPT is picking up the slack, and it's back for this one because I was torn between head and heart. A big long rundown from Chat GPT. I don't want to give you the whole thing, but I will say this. Uh, the brief the brief kick on it. In the first round, Enzuchuku showcased striking versatility, landing leg kicks and connecting with jabs, but Jacoby remained composed and resilient, weathering the storm and finding his own openings to strike back. In the second round, the pace picks up. Both fighters are exchanging combinations with urgency. Uh, Jacoby avoided being out kickboxed for the third time in a row because that's basically what's happened in his, th- uh, his two previous fights. Uh, decides to mix it up with a takedown. When it knew that, wait, does ChatGPT, the recap it wrote up, did it mention that he's been outstruck, outstruck and is out kickbox? It, 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 the ChatGPT knows that. It, the robots know all, buddy. That is scary. Uh, so he's mixing it up with a takedown, which oh is an interest. We'll see if that ends up playing out. Uh, and then in the closing minutes of the fight, Inzuchuku unleashes a devastating combination of punches and kicks that staggers Jacoby. He follows it up with a crushing right hook that sends Jacoby to the canvas. But with the final seconds ticking away, he presses forward. He's unable to get the finish. Uh, both The fight ends. Both fighters acknowledge uh, each other's abilities. And in the end, the judges' scorecards give Kennedy and Zuchuku a unanimous decision victory. Oh. So the chat GPT bet this week is Kennedy and Zuchuku. Uh I got him at minus 148 at the time. Yeah. So that's where we're at on him. But... Feeling feeling good. The the heart won out over the head. The robots have, have decided it. And we'll just try and keep this money money train rolling. That's not bad. Damn, that is that's good stuff. It could we could go tw- it could go ten and three. It could hit double digit wins ten and this three weekend. Is, is a spectacular showing if that's you should ask about Diaz and Paul. That would have been the thing to do. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I really should have. <laughs> if Jacoby shoots a takedown in the second round, then we'll know that the robots really have it all figured out. That's scary. Uh, next fight up a featherweight contest, uh, Diego Lopez taking on Gavin Tucker. Uh, Lopez is your betting favorite at minus 175 Tucker comeback at plus 145. AK, what are your thoughts on this guy? Tucker is uh, plus right now, plus 145. I do think Lopez is being a little overrated because he looked really good against Mozart. I get it. We all That's saw the that number fight. one note I have on this. Sure. Is- we, Lopez getting a lot of yeah. credit for losing to Mobstar He's still in a competitive way. Yeah, great fight. Great fight. He still lost. That said, um, with respect to my fellow Canadian, Gavin Tucker, the pride of uh, Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, I should say Halifax. I don't know. I don't know where he represents. I know he's born somewhere in Lisbon. Uh He's super old. Uh, Gavin Tucker's 37. 37 years young. That's old. He's well past your 12-year uh, mark of competing he hasn't yeah, fought in a while he's just past the 12-year mark he started he's just in past. 2011 he's just 2011 he's uh he's been out with he's been dealing with a lot of injuries um this so is a good combination of i things. would not tell people that uh that it's worth throwing an underdog but I, I hope he pulls off the upset again i gotta support my canadian and again i don't think Diego lopez is that good i don't think he's as good as some people might be thinking after that mozart fight but he is a good fighter 
Um, and I just think they're just where they are at in their careers. It's, it would take a lot for, um, for Gavin Tucker to pull this one. He's got the experience advantage, you know, that's always good, but I think in this case, it's not going to be enough to, um, to pull off the upset. So I, I'm not touching this one. Uh, and I would just tell people maybe just stay away from that plus money on Tucker. Uh, he has the experience advantage. Look, the Billy Q win remains a very, very good win for Gavin Tucker. Mm-hmm. And Lopez, again, always a little bit of trepidation when a guy is getting a ton of credit for a loss, which is yeah. basically what's happening with Diego Lopez. Uh, there's a problem here, though, uh, in this fight for me, and it's that, I mean, you pointed out a number of concerning issues for Tucker, adding in much smaller man. Diego Lopez is is going to dwarf him in the cage. And the big issue for me here is Diego Lopez showed very, very good, very slick off his back. Uh, and Gavin Tucker is going to want to go to that wrestling. That has a, a calling card, a hallmark of his style. Uh, I think there's a world where Lopez is just too physically capable. And I, uh, I'm i taking a very, very small shot on Lopez by submission. Uh, the price is plus 245. It would be the first time Tucker's ever been submitted, but we saw Lopez have a lot of success against Movsar, who is better than Gavin Tucker. Um, I think that there's a, a world where this happens. So just taking a very small play on Lopez by submission. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's very reasonable. All right. Moving on, a light heavyweight matchup. Tanner, the bulldozer, Bozer, taking on Alexa Kamer. Bozer is your favorite at minus 155. Kamer, the comeback at plus 130. AK, do you have any thoughts whatsoever about this? No, I, I took I took no notes on this because I assumed this was going to be your chat GVT fight of the week. I was like, what, what, what could Jed possibly know or have to say about Alexa Kamer or Tanner Bozer? Uh, Kamer, I think, coming back for the first time in a while, because I'm pretty sure that when I started looking at this fight, I was like, when? Where has Alexa Kamer been? Sure enough, uh, last fight, June 19th, 2021, 777 days exactly uh, since his last fight. That may, I don't know if that's, a, I, I shouldn't have said that because I'm sure there's gamblers out there whose, whose ears are lighting up at like 777. Like, that's a good sign. I got to put Ooh, that kind of money on Kamer. I didn't even Kamer. think of that, but that no, is. Don't, don't, do the, don't do the Alexa Kamer 777 underdog bet, uh, currently plus 130 on uh, DraftKings. Um, I'm a little surprised the underdog because Tanner looked really bad in his light heavyweight debut. Though I think it's also easy to write it off. It's just like he got caught. Like it just wasn't a good, you know, he fought Yuan Kutalaba, who's super unpredictable, a great finisher. Kamer, it's been a while since we've seen him. I kind of understand why Bozer's coming in as the favorite, but I'm a little surprised. I I, I thought this would be closer to a pick which I guess it kind of is. Kamer's plus 130, Bozer minus 55. It's not like he's a huge favorite, but I'm surprised it's not just like minus 110, minus 110 for both guys or something like that. Like, this is a weird one. I I, I should have done the chat GPT for, for this. We should have done two chat GPT, GPTs this week. So here's why I didn't do a chat GPT, because I love everything you just said, AK. I'm just not sure Tanner Bozer, who has lost four of his previous five bouts and hasn't really looked all that good, should be a betting favorite over anybody. Right. Alexa Kamer, not great fighter and off a long layoff, so maybe I sort of at least understand the the thought process here. But I went back to the to the buckets. I feel like these guys are probably in a pretty similar tier at light heavyweight. And Kamer's at I, I got him at plus one thirty six. Hmm. So I, I'm taking a shot. I don't feel like <laughs> won't be shocked if I lose here. I don't feel great. It's probably a riskier bet than need be made, but was looking for some more action on the card. And you got a guy who's a, a betting favorite despite losing four of his past five bouts. So give me 
Give me strong, uh, strong style MMA. Isn't that who Kamer represents? <laughs> That's it, more than I know. I think yeah, he's he's with Stipe and, and Jessica Jessica and company. Oh, okay. Strong style fight team. Right. Give me give me Stipe's light heavyweight protege uh, against uh, the bulldozer Bozer. I think I think that one's gonna feel weirdly good if it hits. I don't know. I know you've got. I know you you make a lot of bets every week. I think that's a, that's one like if it hits, you're just gonna you're gonna feel like a little spark inside, Jen. And you're like, yeah, I'm glad I I'm glad I, you snuck that. I think you're gonna feel like I'll tell you, you what. It's gonna make me in. care about this fight that I otherwise yeah, that, would not yes. care at all about. <laughs> that, which is, hey, I, I got Canadian again. I got a Canadian in there, so I'm invested no matter what. Half of the important part of betting is to just make me care about things because <laughs> I all largely try to bet on fights that I don't care at all about uh i do sort of care about this next fight the final main card fight ignacio bahamondes taking on ludovic klein in the lightweight bout bahamondes your betting favorite at minus 225 the comeback on klein at plus 185 over under set at two and a half ak i think this is a really fun fight i'm very excited to watch it i don't have any action on this fight um which i think is the first one on this card that i have not bet on I'm a, I was going to say first that I was surprised that this is the main card opener because you got some big name, some good names in prelims. Billy Corntillo, Damon Several. Jackson, Carla Phillips, Hunter Bacellos, even Cody Durden and Jake Hadley, who both kind of gotten somewhat of a push from the UFC. Like, I'm surprised they didn't put them on there. But I think, like you said, it's a fun matchup. They expect this not to go the distance. They definitely expect someone to get uh, KO'd or submitted. Uh, I haven't seen the props, so I don't know what the odds for on those. I just, I'm, I just think... Klein is, and I think Ignacio Bahamandas is really good. So I'm like you, I'd probably just stay away. But Klein is a wild card. Like he's a he's a really talented finisher. Um, is he a guy who's going to be a top twenty, top twenty five lightweight? I don't know. I don't know if I'd have the confidence to say that. But he is a wild card. So him being a, almost a two to one underdog is a little surprising to me. Um, so that's that is an underdog pick that I can support if one were so inclined to put money on this fight but i am a believer in ignacio bahamond as well so i will say personally like you not touching it but uh klein almost plus 200 is it's not uh, it's not the worst thing yeah klein is uh, a bit of a wild card i think he's hurt by coming off i know he had a draw against jai herbert but Mm -hmm. he probably was losing that fight um before the point deduction so it it is it's hard for me to rate him whereas bahamondes um, also a bit of a weird career. I mean, losing a splitty to John McDessie, but otherwise has looked really good and looked like an exceptional finisher. I think that's one of the huge points here. Um, he's been, been very good with his takedown defense and he is going to just fight at a much higher pace. So I do favor Bahamondes, but not enough to, uh, not enough to bet it basically is sort of where I'm at at this moment in time. Which brings us to the prelims. We're going to rapid fire through these because this is getting lengthy. Uh, I think the first prelim up, not 100% sure on the order because I'm seeing conflicting spots out I there. don't think it's finalized. I, I would finalized? probably okay. finalized on Thursday, Thursday or Friday, early Friday. Probably. Well, per topology, which is who we are going to be using as our guiding light at this point in time, Jeremiah Wells taking on Carlston Harris in a welterweight contest. The uh, Wells is your betting favorite at minus 135. The comeback on Carlson Harris at plus 114. Over under set at two and a half with the under at minus 190. They do not think this particular fight is going to the judges' scorecards. Uh, at least Vegas doesn't. AK, uh, I'll just let you know, I'm on Jeremiah Wells in this one. I think this is one of 
Uh, if you look at the prelims, we've got three really, really good fights and then two flyweight bouts that are quality, uh, but m- maybe they won't be like super exciting. But I do think this Wells Harris, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Wells <laughs> Harris, I was trying to say Harris and Carlston is one word. Uh, <laughs> I think the Wells Harris fight is going to be really, really good. I mean, look, Harris only loss uh, in his UFC tenure has been to Shavkat. So I, you can't really blame him for losing to Shavkat, can you? Uh, and otherwise has looked exceptional. I mean, finishing Impa uh, Kasangane, I think. Yep, Impa Kasangane, yeah. Impa Kasangane uh, uh-huh. and uh, Christian Aguilera, just coming off the Jared Gooden win. Whereas Wells, Wells looks like he might be the real deal as far as a prospect goes. Um, prospect is questionable because he's 36, I guess. But we're talking about a dude who has not lost in forever coming off a win over Matthew Simmelsberger, who is a bit of a wild card himself <laughs> um, beats good dudes, lose to good dudes, but a number of very good performances from, from Jeremiah Wells. It's a guy who can maybe make a late career push towards a top 15 spot. If he can keep doing this. Uh, and I really think I just like his, his chances in this, in this bout because of it. Um, Carlson Harris, a, like I said, very good fighter. Uh, I think Wells is the better, is going to be able to control the wrestling, uh, which will be a huge thing. And that's that's sort of how I view this. I think he's just going to win those exchanges. Uh, he'll get the better of the grappling and thus he will get his hand raised. But how do you feel? Uh, I will just say, I love the Wells-Harris matchup, the Phillips-Barcelos matchup, uh, Cornetillo-Jackson. So All of them fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, all great matchups. So I don't have a strong inclination to put to bet on any of them um because like i think as you just said you know part of betting is to make fights more interesting and for me i'm like i'm pretty invested in these as it is the only and as far as picking a winner the only one i'm really confident in is i like uh i would probably go corintillo if i have to pick one of these guys like as my my lock of these three uh preliminary fights because um wells harris like i said good, good matchup it's very close in the betting odds i see on DraftKings right now minus 135 wells plus 114 carlson very harris. very close um just you know, almost again pretty close to a pick right just a slight nod in, in wells direction so uh, i have no feel for that one either way um phillips barcelos not to blow through these too quickly but i'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll have thoughts in a second but i will say phillips barcelos barcelos coming in as a replacement uh, you know we lost two nomaga medals from this card we did Saeed. We're supposed to get Saeed and Umar. Would, and have, we are no- easy, would have been the easiest parlay of my life. <laughs> you would have just then done the double, Par- the double the double parlay. parlay. <laughs> uh, that would have been more interesting. I don't have a lot to say about Phillips and Barcelos other than it's going to be a banger. Again, I would not. I'm not putting anything on that. Same with Carantillo Jackson. Um, if I were, I would throw Carantillo into a into a parlay. That's about it. Uh, Carantillo just to win straight up in parlay. Boom. Uh, I I love that we we just blew right on into. Uh, the Billy Q Damon Jackson fight sure. because I'm going to be betting. Uh, and I agree with you on this one. So um, I think Damon Jackson just had a really fun run. Look that, that four mm-hmm. fight win streak uh, with the Pat Sabatini performance. Like that's just a really fun run, man. You can't take that away from him. By the way, just to put the odds out there, Billy Q minus one, one ninety two Damon Jackson plus one sixty over under two and a half under his favorite there. But yeah, I think Damon Jackson just had a really fun run, and that's okay. Like that's that's a great thing. But and you can argue that he's just lost to elite guys. Dan Ige, elite featherweight forever. Ilya Tapuria, probably the next champion. Mola Kabalayev, very very good featherweight. Like you can make the case. I think it's just more likely that 
He's a fun guy who happened to have a good run and we can feel good about it. But Billy Q is a fun dude who has also just been losing to very quality opposition. It's Barbosa, Shane Bur- uh, Burgos. I think he's just more set up to to get the fin- to to get the win here. And the thing for me is Billy Q very much a finisher. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Last three wins have all been by stoppage, and I think five of six in the UFC have been by finish. More importantly, Damon Jackson. When this man loses, he gets put out. He has never lost a decision in his career. His five career losses, four have come by knockout, one by stoppage. So. I think you could just bet Billy Q by TKO. It looks like that's out there at like plus 165 or Q by submission at plus 600. But I think instead I just want to go with the safest of all options. The Billy Q wins inside the distance at plus 115. So that's where I'll be on this one. Yeah, that's a good way to go. We should mention Sean Woodson is going to be competing on this card. I don't know if you saw that, Jed. Did, uh, did I assume there's no odds for it established? anyway. He got his third replacement opponent it sounds I, I i'm gonna say locked in but you know what i don't know if anything's locked in for him this for this card anymore his third replacement opponent his fourth scheduled opponent overall originally supposed to fight steve garcia who suffered an injury uh steve garcia was replaced by jesse butler who, who who said he has to go through some protocol that's forcing to come out of the fight i believe that protocol being he was knocked the f out by jim miller like a month like six weeks ago <laughs> so maybe me. Maybe someone's saying, hey, this guy probably shouldn't fight so soon. And then it looked like he was going to be replaced by newcomer Myron Santos. We are now seeing reports Santos had visa issues. And I believe it's official. He has been uh, booked now again against uh, uh, recent contender series contestant Dennis Bazukia. Probably pronouncing it wrong. Sorry, Dennis. Uh, that's on ESPN. So that is on the ESPN schedule. It's about as official as it can get. Uh, Dennis stepping in on four days notice, but I don't think you'll find odds for that fight anywhere until... Uh, odds are not up now. We'll yeah, get them I, later. I, yeah. uh, I didn't know this, but now that I know he is fighting Dennis Bazucha, let me just say uh, I will be betting on Sean Woodson because Dennis Bazucha, he goes by The Great, which mm-hmm. is the worst nickname. Bazooka is right there. Yeah. Dennis you- Bazooka Bazucha. <laughs> like, it's not hard. It's so easy <laughs> why, why are we doing the great? Which is one, like Dennis the Menace would be better. Like it's just the great is an awful name. And let it's not even a good name for Alex's. Like Alexander, <laughs> you know, like the that. great Volkanovsky yeah. is a pretty mid level. Like that's not a very good one. Certainly for Dennis, Dennis the Great Bazooka. Like no, Dennis. Dennis. Dennis Bazooka Bazooka, baby. In fairness, in fairness, he probably gets 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 called Dennis Bazooka all the time. Yeah, then that's what a nickname is, man. It's not a (laughs) I want to be this person, so I get to choose it. It's what people call you. Dennis Bazooka, it like he deserves to lose for that. For that alone, I will be backing Sean Woodson, whatever the price. I don't care. Give me the price, I will be backing it. You don't have to follow me, people. I'm don't just bet saying. on this fight. Don't bet on this fight. Don't very, be, very don't be such a junkie that you can you know, bet on a fight where Sean Woodson's fighting his fourth scheduled opponent. Don't be. Don't do this. Yeah, you you definitely don't have to. Uh, <laughs> I don't have anything on either the featherweight fights. Flyweight, other than flyweight other unders, flyweight fights, flyweight not, unders. Not betting the flyweight unders. They died. The flyweight unders are over. I um, I know they've both been of a rush. These are competitive unders. Yes, the unders are two and a half for both of the flyweight fights, and they are both functionally pickums. Uh huh. So. If you want to choose to believe, I am not, I, you know, I had to move on. 
sometimes you got to move on from the, the the good things in your life that used to be to make room for new things like chat gpt and that's Chad, what i've done for this week because i'm here as the guest join me in definitely law i would say osborne i'm a buyer under under one and a half Durden Hadley, I would say don't. I, 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 Durden okay. Hadley, I would be shocked if that goes. Not shocked, not shocked. I shouldn't say that. Um, both guys are certainly capable of finishing, but I'll, I'll go. I would not put. I would not go Durden Hadley. It's possible, but I would say unlikely. Osborne Almabayev, I feel really good about it. it definitely I feel real good happen. about it. I think that's going under one and a half. Look, if there are two flyweight fights, if they both go under, then Connor and I next week can revisit. Maybe opening the books up okay. again to look at okay. the flyweight unders returning, but. Uh, they have been playing jump rope with our hearts yeah. lately, yeah. And moving away from the flyweight under has been a a historically good move for us. But uh, but jo- join me on Osborne Almabaya this week, not Durden Hadley, but Osborne Almabaya. Okay. One more time, one more sure. time. Sure. Why for, not? For, for I already got plenty of bets down. I'm all right, well. all right. I'll join that. Uh, last thing I just wanted to say is because we didn't really talk about Hani Barcelos versus Kyler Phillips. Fight's gonna be awesome. Oh, amazing. Um, the the betting line on that as it stands right now, Kyler Phillips minus one ninety eight. Come back on Barcelos plus one sixty five. I could you could convince me a Kyler Phillips bet here. I'm not. I don't have one down, but I mean, I specifically want to talk about this fight because of you, AK. Because Hani Barcelos lost to Team Revaliev. Who is on tough, and by being on tough, he must be terrible. <laughs> so, since he is call. very bad, um, and Hani Barcelos lost to him, then we should go with Kyler Phillips, who beat Song Yudong, remains one of the better wins on a weird resume of beating Song Yudong from Kyler Phillips. Not sure what to make of him after losing to Helen Pavia, but. And uh, could be coming off like a year layoff, but you could convince me of Kyler Phillips' bet. But uh, that's it. That's all I got for this weekend, man. Now, now you have me th- wondering if I should do if there's if there's a loss to an Ultimate Fighter, so, loss to someone on the Ultimate Fighter parlay somewhere on this card. I'll have to look you it up. Probably can. Find I'll tweet one. it out. You know what? If I figure it out, I will tweet it out along with the uh, with the show. Well, link to the Jessica show. and Drage <laughs> law had definitely lost to an Ultimate Fighter. Uh, t- yes, yeah, this is. I true. mean, Rose Nami Yunus was on tough, and Jessica and Drage certainly. <laughs> lost to Rose Nami Yunus um, but I mean you could probably really piece some some of that together I'd have to dive in in a way I'm not I'll, yeah ready. I'll take a look and let people know yeah but, yeah but that's gonna be it this was a longer episode than probably planned but multiple events this weekend had to get through AK thank you for joining me uh, a pleasure this, on this wonderful journey next never week, bet never bet on MMA let me <laughs> unless you're just, unless you're just trying to have fun next week UFC Vegas 79 back in the apex. Who needs to be on the road and having fun? The apex. Vicente Luque taking on Rafael Dos Anjos and some other fights that are happening on that card. Going to be a a fight card. It's going to be one of the fight cards that happens this year. See you then. Love y'all. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code 
Vox MMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. And deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.